0: That Lord God, that you hear and you answer, and it pleases you when your children, Lord God, approach you in faith. And Lord, I just thank you tonight. I know there's many others, Lord God, that have received breakthroughs over the weekend. And Lord God, in the recent weeks. And Lord, we just want to, we just want to glorify your holy name. We don't want to be like the nine lepers that left. We want to be like the one that came back and just praised you, Lord God, for what you have done and the sacrifice you have made. Lord, we love you you and we praise you tonight. Meet every need that is represented this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Mm -hmm. Right. Praise God, praise God, that is fantastic. I tell you what, it is when the I believe the body's been activated, Amen. Amen. (laughs) I believe the Lord is uh, is excited uh, to see His people just step in in faith, Amen. I want you to take your Bibles with me and go to Luke eighteen. And Andrea leaned over to me and she said, "You know, there's a lot of people that got healed here." Uh, over the weekend, and and so we gave opportunity, but not even knowing this kind of this leans leans into the message I want to share with you tonight, and that is a prayer answering God, Amen. A prayer answering God, and I think we need to hear that when God does something for one, it is to elevate your faith to know that He wants to do it for you, Amen. Now this weekend, I want you to encourage you to be in prayer for Bibles and Burgers. Uh, They're going out to J. Lou Park. They have seen a lot of testimonies and miracles just out there ministering. Many of you travel with them uh, each time they go out, but keep them in your prayer. It's going to be from 11 to 2. That's going to be August the 26th. Also on the 26th, there's a bridal shower. Uh, Shannon Clark uh, is her bridal shower, there's listing, you'll see it. there online and in the emails uh, where she's registered. Amen. And the missions team, keep us in your prayers. We'll be heading out a week from Monday, heading down to Puebla and uh, going out with Liz. Did y'all not enjoy Liz last week? Amen. She's back in Mexico tonight, but let's just uh, keep her in your prayers as well. Let's look here in Luke 18. I want to read out of the Amplified Version here. And this kind of ties in a little bit with our keeping pace in the race because we discovered if we wait upon the Lord, we will renew our strength. Amen? If we wait on God, we will renew our strength. But I want you to look here in Luke 18, and this is the Lord Jesus speaking. He says, Now Jesus was telling the disciples a parable to make the point that at all times that they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. Saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God and had no respect for man. There was a desperate widow in that city. She kept coming to him saying, give me justice and legal protection from my adversary. For a time he would not. But later he said to himself, even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow continues to bother me, I will give her justice and legal protection. Otherwise, by the continually, her continually coming, she will be an intolerable annoyance and she will wear me out. Then the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And we and will not our just God defend and avenge his elect, his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, and will he delay in providing justice on their behalf? I tell you that he will defend and avenge them quickly. I want you to get that, quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, Will he find this kind of persistent faith on earth? Will he find it? Will it when he goes searching for it, will he will he see it? Could he convict us in that? But as we look here to the word of God, I'm gonna look at a contrast. Now, I want you to notice there that that John or or Luke there gives the he's sorry, I'm gonna give you the synopsis about on what, what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to tell you what this means before he presents the story so that we can understand that we ought always to pray and to, to not give up and to not lose heart. There's many translations. All of them are equivalent. All of them, uh, uh, in, the, in the sense, give a, give, give a broad picture of what he's saying there. You could say that don't, ought not to give up, lose heart, Faint, give up, get discouraged, or get weary? You know, there's many times when we look at that and we petition God for certain things and we're wondering, can he hear? Does he know that I'm speaking? Does, uh, and, and we get to those places where we, we begin to feel discouraged. But I want you to notice here there's a judge. And what we're looking at here is a contrast between, between what is good and, and what is not. Okay. Because what we're seeing here is that the judge in this story is not God. (laughs) This is not God. He's unjust. He's a judge, a a magistrate, uh, an, an ungodly man. Barclay, the theologian, he said that if it was a Jewish individual with a, with a contradiction, they would go to the elders. This is a magistrate employed by the government. He was The Lord Jesus was speaking in terms that they would understand, that they saw the Roman, uh, they were under subjugation to the Roman Empire, and so they understood with a magistrate. They were there to keep the Roman law. They were there to ensure that that all the offenders were were persecuted uh, they were there as individuals that exercise the law. And so this woman is showing up, and she's not asking for what doesn't belong to her. She's asking for what, her, for what is right to her, to have justice and legal protection against her adversary. And so the Lord gives this contrast. It's not a, it's not a watermark on a page. It is a stark contrast between a judge that is annoyed, a judge that really doesn't care. He's not swayed by, by God because he doesn't fear God. In other words, his, he's not going to worry about judgment from the Lord if he gives an unjust report. He, God is not in the equation of what he is doing. God is not, not even in the focus or an intimidation to him. That's what Jesus is showing us. And he's not swayed by the opinions of others. I just imagine he might have been a cantankerous old coot. <laughs> He just he just didn't care what people thought and, and, I, and I know when we say those things what what we, what we profess from the pulpit when we say we're, we're not moved by the opinions of others that God's opinion is the most important, we understand that. but this man he was he had no concern for anyone according to what the scripture was showing us here. Jesus is showing us here. You know, he's just, he's, the Lord is giving this contrast, but now he's taking this individual who is resistant to any request from anyone, and now this woman is coming, and she represents the one of the weakest individuals in that societal structure. She was a widow. She's the one pleading, so she doesn't have any family. You know, the Lord, is he's concerned about the widows. In fact, James said that true religion is when you go out and you visit the orphans and the widows in their trouble. God is concerned about those individuals in society that don't have the advantages or the protections. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalm 68 and 5, the father describing the Lord, he's the father to the fatherless, and he is also a defender of, wi- of widows in his holy habitation. Isn't that good? See, he's a father to the fatherless. And he, there are orphans that come to God and profess him as Lord. He becomes their father. And he is a defender of those, of those widows. She represents... Someone who does not have the strength to defend herself. She can't exercise her legal rights because there's a force greater than her that's coming against her. Do we see that? There's a force that has brought her to the place where she is seeking after some help. The only help that she knows to go to is a magistrate sitting on a bench somewhere or or. Exercising the laws should be executing the law. Should be protecting her under the law. Now she's here, representing the weakest of society, one of the weakest of society. I read a statement of Andrew Murray this week, and and it just I loved it. It was so beautiful. As we look at weakness, as we talked about weakness in here, so many times we want to run after and and. And display our strengths when God's just looking to partner with our weakness. <laughs> he's just trying to show you how much he's God. Andrew Murray said this, the power of the Spirit, hear this, the power of the Spirit hides himself away in union with our weakness to undertake for us our daily living. Isn't that good? The power of the Spirit, the power of God hides in union with our weakness. Think about that just a minute. Here's this widow, and she comes along, and she cannot defend herself. She, she's weak, and she's being overtaken by the enemy. She comes along, and she makes petition of an unjust judge. And in that petition, what we see here is that she is wearying this judge. She's coming along, and Jesus shows this example, said, look, she shows up, and here is a a godless man who does not care about anyone, but yet he says in himself, she is going to be an intolerable annoyance unless I do something for her. We know her as the persistent widow she is my great, 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 great grandmother. I have been told more than one occasion. It was like, Pastor, this is how I would describe you. It's it is gentle pressure relentlessly applied. Never changing, always the same, but always putting the pressure on. My mother used to get so annoyed at me because NO was an acronym for negotiable options. It worked well for me when we were itinerating to go on the mission field. I would get on the phone and stop calling and Andrew would just closed the door and walk out cuz she knew what was about to happen. I'd get on the phone to the pastors, the presbyters and hey, could I come and share my burden for the ministry of Scotland and and they would say no, I don't have a service available. I said, "Well, you got a you got a window available." What do you mean by a window? Just give me give me 10 minutes and I'll take 7. And most of the time before we got off the phone, I'd got something out of them. Because Noah was like, okay, regroup, back up, let's go a different way. We can't get in the door, let's go in the window. Can't get the window, let's go down the chimney. We're going to find an answer to this problem. <laughs> We're going to find the solution. Right. So persistence. So if I annoy you, I'm sorry. It's just the way God made me. <laughs> see, but when we petition, see, she was not asking for what was not hers. He's like, look, i got some legal rights here. I can't protect myself. There's someone that can protect me. I need you to stand up and do this thing. And he wouldn't do it. But see, the Lord was saying, look, I'm going to show you a contrast. See, the, see the unjust judge, he didn't, he didn't fear God, but we understand God himself. He is, he is to be feared. <laughs> and when we go to him, as he says there in his word that he will quickly, He will quickly, for those that call upon Him night and day, those that seek after Him, there are questions I have asked the Lord. I am pursuing God in the areas of my life, uh, looking for the answers. And many times, uh, the answers are so much bigger than the questions. The questions are easy, (laughs) But one of my paramount questions of the Lord is, God, will you send revival? Will you transform a nation? Will you take a church and just set her ablaze with the glory of God? That question is easy. It's the answer that we have trouble with many times because it's not just a a matter of us petitioning. It is a matter of us preparing to receive what it is God wants us to receive. And it usually comes at a cost to our comfort. It usually means that there's going to be other individuals that might show up. But I would say to you in this house today, where there is no ox, the stall is clean. But there is much increase that comes by way of the ox. What was the proverb, what was was he trying to say? Look, you can have it neat and tidy and clean everywhere, and that's wonderful, but you may not get any productive done. What we're looking for is the last, the lost and the least to come into the house of God and I'm not talking about social standings. I want the homeless I want those who have immaculate homes. It doesn't matter their ethnicity. It doesn't matter their struggles. I want to see people come into the house of God and be transformed by the power of the living God. I want the Lord to do what only the Lord can do. So I asked the Lord, is it now? Is it now? We have chased the sun, the S-O-N, around the world and back looking for the opportunity for Lord God, your spirit to pour out. And I believe folks, we're stepping into a day where God is saying, I've got my house prepared. I've got my house prepared. We're going to continue, and we're going to pursue, and we're going to go after God even more and even more. Do you notice something different about this weekend? There was a, there was a man, yes, there was, there was gifts released, but before they got here, there was some preparation for those gifts. Anybody have a simple awareness? You don't even have to be really uh, operating the spirit of discernment to understand uh, that the atmosphere was different. Why was it different? Because we were fasting and we were praying. Not duty-obligated fasting and praying, but a preparatory fasting and praying. To say, God, I'm going to prepare my heart to receive whatever it is. Lord, you have a willingness to give. Do I have a willingness to receive? Now, understand, church, we have a generation that is in desperate need of the power of the Spirit of God. The next few weeks, we're going to just petition God and call out upon God so that there's a generation that begins to come in. We need revival in the house of God, but we need revival in the schoolhouse as well. Would he revival such that children refuse to listen, not to their educational value, but to listen to anything that defines them to be something other than God's definition of them? And that's only going to happen as the church begins to influence. We need godly leadership in every arena of society. We need godly politicians. We need godly teachers. We need, we need spirit-filled police officers. We need uh, spirit-filled jailers. Uh, we need spirit-filled uh, bankers and uh, construction workers and, and whatever facet of life uh, and oc- occupation there is, uh, we need the church represented. Yes. Amen? Yes. So as we look here, we see that there's this man and he judge and he goes through this reluctant season and my god here she is again oh oh plaintiff go or, or whatever the what is the bailiff go go and go put her outside and, She's back knocking again the next day. Oh, I can't take her. I got too much going on today. Send her home. She's back another day. We don't know the scenario by which the Lord is telling the story, but it seems to me that persistence would have some persistence. Amen? <laughs> and, and that persistence, it had to be accompanied with some annoyance. It was just, uh, you know, Paul got annoyed at the, at the little girl, that just the demon-possessed girl, and he turned around, and he cast the devil out of this girl. Oh, it it, it tapped into some money-making schemes that others had because she was a slave girl. Now they threw, uh, when you start messing with people's money, you better watch out. Uh, They throw them into the prison, the inmost prison. uh, But Paul didn't stop there. He just started praising God. uh, And in the praising of the Lord, uh, he didn't open the doors. uh, He busted the walls down, uh, and he disrupted the very foundation. Uh, I want to know when the church of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, gets to that place of understanding uh, that when the enemy tries to Trap you when he tries to cage you, you understand who you are and whose you are, and you begin to worship God to the point where the, all of a sudden uh, those walls begin to fall down, uh, fall down because God is disrupting the foundation uh, of the place uh, that the enemy has trying to put you. I believe we're beyond the days of the enemy threatening the church. uh, that He's going to incarcerate us for the proclamation of the gospel. If you do that, I'm going to see every prisoner set free. Go on, amen? Amen. When you start having that kind of mentality, the enemy doesn't know what to do with a made-up mind. Get your mind made up. He he can't deal with you. Throws you in the prison, and you set all the prisoners free by the power of God. Throws you in the lion's den, and the ones that threw them in got eaten up. And the Lord just give them squelch their hunger overnight. But man, they were ravenous. The next day, that word there. She was continually coming. It was. The Greek word for that in the translation is ever tapping. She was ever tapping at the door. She was ever knocking at the door. She's going after some legal protection and for her legal rights. Well, see, folks, we are covenant people. I hope if you got anything out of this weekend, you got the sense that William was sharing with you your identity But not only your identity, but the Spirit of God is trying to show us that we have an inheritance. And that inheritance, you know, I've I've heard messages like double for your trouble and all those kinds of things. And those are catchy phrases and they draw a crowd and they get people hooping and hollering. And that's wonderful. But you know why the, the firstborn son received a double portion? Because what he was accepting was a responsibility for the welfare of the family. It wasn't just, gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. It was, look, I'm gonna take care. See, the Lord wants to bless, but what is the reason for that blessing? It's so that we can take that blessing now and we can share that blessing with others. See, you have a gift, and I believe God is activating that gift by the anointing of the Spirit of God. By the Word of the Lord and the revelation, He's opening that door so that you may walk in, you may walk through. And when you walk through that, it is so that freely you have received, freely now you give. (laughs) Freely you have received from God, now freely you give. It didn't cost you anything, and it shouldn't cost anybody else when you give it to them. Amen? It's called the grace of God. We respond in faith, and he responds in grace. But we see here this contrast between two parties, this unjust judge. And Jesus shows us this because he said, look, now back to that tapping. Let's just, let me just show you the tapping here. It means it's to signify that someone keeps knocking at the door. <laughs> Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks find. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what is a man among who is, has a son who asks for bread? Does he give him a stone? So many times we go to God and we think, well, we're gonna ask for a we're gonna ask for healing and God's gonna put sickness on us. We're gonna ask for joy and he's gonna put more sorrow on us. Or we go to him and we empower the devil more than God. If we start pressing into the Lord, then then it means there's gonna be a backlash of the enemy and it's all gonna be over. We got to get beyond those places. Amen. It's when the Lord Jesus is here and He's saying, He's saying, Look, I want to show you such a contrast that you understand that 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 widows she was the weakest one in society her petition was granted because she persistently went after the resistant one who had the power hmm. but the lord said he would answer quickly quickly he would he would he willingly and wantingly wants to answer the prayers of his children are we ready to receive when it comes to healing, and I, I'm not—I'm telling you now—it's just—it's an arena that we step into. I don't—I have gotten to the place where where we stop looking at—are uh, we worthy? Are we not worthy? Did we do enough? Have we have we sold enough? Uh, do I stand on my right leg and, 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 and do I do I balance just right? And I look up into heaven at the very time, and then I will receive. There's, does there have to be a certain manifestation before God will move? Does, does there have to be a certain uh, the overcoming of the Spirit on a body before that individual can actually receive? Or could it be just as simple as, here's the Holy Spirit. Lord, we welcome you into the equation. Uh, we welcome you into the situation. Uh, and just open your heart to receive. Amen. My God, doesn't that take a lot of pressure off of us? Gets us out of the performance mode and just puts us in the arena and targeted by the Holy Spirit so that he may accomplish and bring glory to the Son and to the Father. Amen. Amen. Because you know and I know we don't heal anyone. (laughs) We just introduce them to the healer. (laughs) I can't fix you, but I know the one that can. Come on into the shop of the fixer. Amen. Now, sit down on the stool there just a minute and let the fixer just go to work on you because when he's finished, he'll straighten your back up. He'll take all your pain away. He'll fix you out, and he may cause you to journey through it, but you're going to get through it. It's just a matter, Andy, of receiving. Amen. You came in and said, look, my point of faith is, is uh, those that walk in faith, if they will touch me, then I'll be healed. And now I'm going to walk this thing out in faith, believing the word of God, because no one heals but God. Amen? Amen. Now I want to get to my message. <laughs> I, 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 want to, I want you to grasp some of these things that I share with you about prayer. Prayer is the reach of into the unseen that brings provision into vision. When God has given us the privilege of prayer, it is the ability to reach into the unseen realm of God and watch God bring that provision by faith into existence. Will the Lord find this persistent faith on earth? Now, if we pray, this sounds silly, but man, when the Lord thumps you on the head, it becomes real. <laughs> when we pray, shouldn't we pray in faith? Oh, Amen. Now, now think, think just a minute. What do you mean by that? I mean this when you pray, Shouldn't it be in in faith in Jesus Christ and not ourselves? How many I have been guilty myself of trying to persuade God to see my side of the of the problem. N- n- yeah, the great negotiation, like it's a hostage situation or something. <laughs> He's holding the promises hostage, and I'm trying to convince him as a negotiator to let it go. <laughs> come on. Yeah, there's, you got this, I'll do this, and we'll do that. Or we come to God, and we have, we have this if mentality in our prayers. If, Lord, you can do. If, Lord, I will do. If, if, if. Instead of sitting and listening and saying, God, what is your will in the situation? See, because I believe, folks, personally, prayer is waiting upon God. Now, there's prayers I pray every day for my family, for you, this consistent, persistent prayers. But see, prayer is not just a, a matter of me petitioning God. Prayer is a time where I set and I realize I have access to heaven, God wants access to earth. Lord, what do you want? Each Saturday morning we come together, we do this. Lord, what do you want today? What do you want to talk about? Most often we have a scripture that the Lord will give us. And we will come and we will gather and we will, we will pray through that scripture believing that God wants to do something. And it generally pertains to breaking bondage, setting people free, watching you and your children and your children's children come into the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ because we know heaven's will is to see every person set free by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. But see, what if we waited upon God and believed him that he would step down and he would speak to us pertaining to his will. And now, as the wheel bearers, as those that would speak it forth in this domain, we begin to proclaim God's word. Oh, Lord, by your stripes, Lord God, they are healed. Lord, the prisoners are going free. Lord God, the I've been so guilty of this. That's why I'm preaching this to myself. I am bearing uh, my soul before you uh, as a person who is confessing my fault so that I may be healed. <laughs> oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Instead of, watch out, devil. God's on the way. Amen? Now, I'm not, here's, here's what I, I don't, maybe I just don't have the revelation, the understanding. I don't believe it's not a, it's not a comfortable place to be. We, we command the devil. We command the circumstance. We command the sickness. We command the disease. According to the covenant, to procure provisions in the present and secure the vision for the future. Prayer can do what God can do. And what God can do is step out of time and step into time. Because and waits for their Arrival. Now, let me give you an example of that. Let me give you an example of that. Nine years old, I'm laying in a hospital bed. My appendix have ruptured. I've got gangrene. I've lost an enormous amount of of, of weight. My, we lived in the day where there, there wasn't provision. We didn't have a lot of money, a lot of means. Didn't go to the doctor. You just toughed it out because you just couldn't afford those bills. And I thought I had a, my, my mother thought I had a severe stomach virus. And I woke up in the middle of the night about the seventh or eighth day, just running constant fever and chronic pain, and I couldn't move the right side of my body. My leg was immovable. My appendix had ruptured and I was such pain and I was just wailing until somebody came in there it was like, whoa, hey, hey. I knew nine years old, something ain't right. So whoa, hey. So they take me to the doctor, take me to the hospital, middle of the night, appendix rupture. I have three surgeries. They they take my appendix out and they put drainage, drainage tubes in. That wasn't enough to get the gangrene out. So they cut for it in the middle of the night being packed in ice because my fever would spike and it wouldn't, they couldn't get it down. So I recall a time or two, even in the delirium of the fever, and sometimes when it would break, I would look up and I would see this man, and I'd go back to sleep. And I was in a hospital for a month, and it wasn't until years later that we show up at this church <laughs> And the man standing on the stage leading the worship is none other than the surgeon, Dr. Chandler. So he catches me. I said, I don't know if you remember me. And he said, oh, yeah, I remember you. He said, I thought I was going to lose you over and over again. He said, all I need to do was stand over your bed and just pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, I can attribute my presence being here today because of his prayers personally and there was another lady I've told you about who in my hellish teenager year uh, that I would keep their family up half the night she would call the police and neighbors would call the police which they should have if you keep me up half the night I'm going to call the cops on you amen cuz oh, I like sleep so but she would say when i would see you coming and going i would i would point you out in the crowd the holy spirit pointed you out and i would pray for you now the reason i knew that the doc in this lady Gave me this word of testimony is because all of their children were in my youth group. <laughs> See, he didn't know when he was praying over that over that bed uh, that he was praying for the future youth pastor for two of his sons, and she didn't know when this this rebellious teenager was coming in and out of this house uh, doing drugs and drinking alcohol and who knows what that they were praying for my future. See the. Prayer was stepping out of that timeline and it was moving forward to a time in my future and it was waiting on me. But the story gets a little richer than that. So we go, come back from Scotland, move to Bellevue, Texas, and we're going to enroll our kids in school. So we go sit down at the counselor's office. And the counselor is there and he looks over to Andrea and says, I knew your grandfather. Wow. She said, Archie Booker? I said, no, your great-grandfather, Brother Hamilton. And she had grew up hearing stories about this great-grandfather who was an itinerant Pentecostal preacher. And how that he would go from place to place and he would preach and he would hitchhike and would be picked up on the on the side of the road and making his way to the meetings. He didn't drive anywhere, but he was renowned as a man of prayer. And he would pray for generations to follow. And he's got a brother. He said he said Grandpa Hamilton used to come stay at our house when he preached. And he was a man who prayed. In fact, he was known to wear out his trousers because he would be on his knees in prayer. Now, the counselor had a brother because this counselor's name was Chandler. He was a high school counselor. And his brother was the surgeon did the work, and her grandfather was the one staying in the house, praying over the meetings and for the future generations, not knowing that the Lord was going to weave all these things together. Isn't that beautiful? And it wasn't until we were talking the other day that we put, wait, 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 we put two and two together. See? Grandpa great-grandpa Hamilton, which would be Laney's great-great-grandpa Hamilton, would pray, God move upon this generation and upon this generation upon the generation I can't see and that generation and that generation. So those prayers got up out of his prayer closet and walked and waited upon this generation and stepped out and stopped and waited upon that generation and got up and stepped out and turned and waited upon that generation. And I heard the stories about him and I picked that up after after the Lord filled me with his spirit and taught me how to pray and I begin to pray that the Lord would reach into my children and my children's children and there's prayers awaiting every generation to follow and when I'm long since gone those prayers will be there as, as a midwife, as a doctor in delivery waiting to catch that baby when they come out of the womb and grab them up and clean them up and say now you got got a call on your life Amen. there's a God that answers prayer yes, and my God he answers generational blessing <laughs> prayers and see everybody we told Mike this the other day so you had been prayed for 30 years how long however long we had been saved, <laughs> you had been prayed for that long. And you trace it back to Grandpa Hamilton, you've been prayed for for generations, because the Lord knew you would be attached to this family. And my grandbabies are prayed, or they're soaked in prayer every single day just like my children are soaked in prayer every single day. And my heartfelt, faith-filled belief is they will do everything God has purposed for them to do. And they will be everything God purposed them to be. Now, every individual in this place, if eternity opened up the veil and allowed you to see. you would be able to trace your lineage through the tapestry of prayer. No one shows up by accident. The Holy Spirit invokes it. We begin to pray it, and the Lord begins to cause things to happen. Now, folks, God has privileged us, privileged us with a great assignment, and that assignment is future generations. Because there is a wealth of children today whose mamas are not praying for them, whose daddies are not praying for them, whose grandmothers and grandfathers are not praying for them. There are a faceless, voiceless generation who they are crying out in their mistaken identities looking for the answers of the heartfelt questions that they have. And it will come as the church receives her assignment and activates by the Holy Spirit to say, Almighty God, I will cry out. I see and there was someone that had prayed and they reached a point and then there was an intensity of prayer where I said oh my God either save me or kill me but Lord God I can't Lord God stay this way what was happening those prayers were ripping off that bondage just tearing it off of my life so that now I might be set free amen can you see it can you see it? Men aren't, I, I like the King James Version. Men are always to pray and not to faint. Not faint. I couldn't faint because I had a baby that needed me to pray. I had a son-in-law that needed me to pray. I had another, two other children and two other son-in-law and daughter-in-law they needed me at my post they needed me to have a vision not just for me but for them and for their children and for their children's children and every person attached to my family have been saturated uh, in consistent daily continual prayer because I believe in it because prayer without a vision is just talk But when you attach prayer to a vision, what greater vision than the transformation of a generation? Oh, God. Oh, God. We see. Lord, without the anointing, Lord God, to touch your eyes and cause the scales to fall, Lord God, we, we can't even see. But, Lord, you, what I see, almighty God, is that you are not the unjust judge. You're the righteous judge. Lord, it is your desire, it is your de- will, oh my God, to move on behalf of your children. I know, Father, we cannot change their choices. But, oh, my God, we can influence them. We can cause them to get so agitated by their situation that, Lord God, they'll start looking around us, start looking up to find the answers. Lord, there's more at stake, God, than our comfort. There's a generation, my God, Son of the brink, Father, of disaster. Lord, would you, would you privilege us with this burden to pray in, reach out, to receive this next generation? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I have spent, stand if you will. That's the dumbest thing I ever saw. What in the world? It's the blood. And so they rail against the Lord. They rail against God. Because he created them. And the enemy has convinced them that all of their troubles came from God. So there has to be a revelation that can only come from heaven to a lost generation. But how are they going to know if there's no one to tell them? And how are they going to know love if they don't have anyone to show them? I'm, I'm closing. My, I'm not going to look. I'm not going to look. But if you would say, "Lord, would you, would you grace me and privilege me with a burden for the next generation?" Just lift your hand. The Lord sees it. And you're making a covenant with Him. You're making a covenant with him. God, we want to see generation come to know you, to be empowered by your spirit. And Lord, I pray tonight for those that are, have areas of struggle in their life. They have been persistent, Lord God, in pursuing. The enemy, Lord God, has tried to convince them that you're unwilling to answer. I pray that, Lord, that you would answer quickly and that, Lord, that you would move upon them and that their hope would not be in their expectation of you, but their hope would be in you. And, Lord, I just praise you tonight. But, Lord, I believe there's a breakthrough in this house. Holy Spirit, I believe there's a breakthrough right now in a relationship that is struggling. I believe there's a breakthrough, Lord God, in a physical infirmity that is attacked. I believe there's a breakthrough, Lord God, with the child that, Lord, is away from you and that a mom and daddy, Lord God, have been pursuing and believing. Lord, give them the strength to continue to stand and to know that, Lord, that, that prayer has already stepped out and is waiting upon them. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Tonight we're going to lift up, I don't know if you know these folks or not, uh, by the name of Fogelman, <laughs> yes, he is a master barista, So, uh, but also a wonderful man of God, he and Alicia, they are beautiful people, and uh, they're over in, I could probably come up and turn, uh, uh I, was, I could turn Patty loose, but uh, tonight I just want to, you can ask her. She'll be at the back to answer any questions. But they are in Nibia uh, as of last week, and uh, the prayer is that they adjust to Nibia. They're going to be leaving Sydney in the U.S., uh, their daughter, as well as the process. They need approval. They have a vision to, to open up a coffee shop. So that for multiple purposes, multiple means, uh, they also are part of the urban tribe where they go over and they take a team and they plant churches, which they did in the previous um, term. But they need, uh, they need a lot of prayer and uh, trying to navigate in some of those countries to get all the paperwork pushed through is a, is a beast to say the least. Um, but let's pray that God will bless Adam and Alicia. They've seen many souls come into the kingdom of God, and we want to lift them. We want to lift their daughters to the throne, and I know these grandparents would appreciate that. Father, we come before you, Lord, right now, and Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name, Lord, we know your hand is mightily upon Adam and Elisha. We know, Father God, that you know the challenges that they face right now, Lord God. I pray, Father, for their physical health. I pray, Lord God, for their mental wealth. I pray, Father God, that you would open doors for them. Lord, for every bit of the funds in excess would come in. Lord God, so that they may open this enterprise, Father God, that they may see souls, not just in this itinerary, not in just in this term coming to the kingdom, but Lord, for generations to follow. And I pray, Father God, that you would bless, Lord, the church planting and the souls in Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we just ask God that right now that you would give them favor. Everywhere they go, let them find favor. Let them find favor with the government, with the local officials, with the Lord God, the those in the community, Lord, let divine favor rest upon them. Lord, they have, Lord God, surrendered, and Lord, you're going to fill that with blessing in Jesus' name and protection upon the girls, and Lord, peace within them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you give. The ushers are at the back. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Saturday.